Thank you. And as I said before my talk a little earlier, uh, with respect to the EA community, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for existing. Uh, of course, I get a little jaded since we work together with CEA in the same office space, but uh, I do try to keep some, try to remember how, how wonderful it is. Okay, this talk is going to be a bit condensed and crowded. I think I may be pushing the limits of that a little bit. I'm not sure. I haven't given this talk before. But I will plow forward at some, some brisk pace. And this is a marvelous group of people. And you will, I trust, keep up wonderfully. Yes, okay. So, Pareto-topian goal alignment. Uh, key, this worked a moment ago. There we go. Uh, key concept, Pareto preferred futures, meaning futures that would be strongly approximately preferred by more or less everyone. Uh, if one can have futures like that that are part of the, the agenda that are being seriously discussed that people are planning for, perhaps you get there. Strong goal alignment can make a lot of, a lot of outcomes happen that would not work in the middle of, of conflict. So goal alignment when it matters, changing perceptions. There's the concept of an Overton window, the range of what can be discussed within a given community at a given time and what can be discussed and taken seriously and regarded as reasonable changes over time. It also changes with the community. The Overton window for discourse in the EA community is different from that in, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, the public sphere in, in country X. So AI seems likely to pay a play a pivotal role, and I would like to have a couple slides here that overlap with uh, ones I used earlier in the talk earlier. Pivotal role. Today we can ask questions we couldn't ask before when AI was a very abstract concept. We can ask questions like, where do AI systems come from? Because they're now being developed. They come from research and development processes. What do they do? Broadly speaking, they provide services. They perform tasks in bounded time with bounded resources. What will they be able to do? Well, if you take AI seriously, you expect AI systems to be able to automate uh, more or less uh, any human task. And more than that. So now we ask, what is research and development? Well, it's a bunch of tasks to automate. Increasingly, we see AI research and development being automated using software and AI tools. And where that leads is toward what one can call recursive technology improvement. There's a classic view of AI systems building better AI systems. That's been associated with agents. What we see emerging is that happening in association with a technology base. Uh, ongoing inputs of human insights, but human insights being leveraged more and more, being higher and higher level, and perhaps uh, being less and less necessary. So at some point, AI development with AI speed. Where that leads is toward what I describe here as comprehensive AI services expanding the range of services, increasing their level uh, toward this asymptotic notion of comprehensive. What does comprehensive mean? Well, includes the service of developing new services, and that's where generality comes from. Now, I just note that the C in case does the work of G in AGI, and so I, 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 I'll, I'll watch out now. You see, if you ask, can, but in the case model, can you do X? Do you need AGI to do X? Because what about, well, I say, what part of comprehensive do you not understand? Okay, so beware. I won't be quite that rude, but I, I will pretend that I will. I will now pretend that I will be that rude, and say that uh, that yes. <clears throat> if you ask, the answer is well, it's comprehensive. Now, what is it you want to do? Let's talk about that. Okay, so for this talk, uh, I think there are some key considerations for forward-looking EA strategy. They're anchored in AI. 
an important sense, a set of considerations. Someday, I think it's reasonable to expect that AI will be visibly, to a bunch of relevant communities, poised to be on the verge of explosive growth. That will be sliding into the Overton window of powerful decision makers. Not today, but increasingly and very strongly at some point downstream when it's sort of happening before their eyes and more and more experts are saying, look what's happening. As a consequence of that, we will be on the verge of enormous expansion in productive capacity. It's one of the applications of AI is, is fast, highly effective automation. Also, and this is a harder story to tell, but it follows, uh, be on the verge, potentially, if the right groundwork has been laid, of having systems, security systems, military systems, domestic security systems, etc., that are benign in a strong sense, as viewed by almost all parties, and effective with respect to X-risk, military conflict, and so on. So, fourth key consideration is that these facts are outside the Overton window of policy discourse. One cannot have serious policy discussions based on these assumptions. And the first set of facts uh, make possible an approximately strongly Pareto-preferred world, and fact four constrains strategies by which we might actually move in that direction and get there. And that conflict is is central to uh, the latter part of the talk. But first, I would like to talk about resource competition, because that's often seen as kind of the hard question. Resources are bounded at any particular time. People compete over them. Isn't that a reason why things look like a zero-sum game? And that does not align goals. That makes goals oppose each other. So here's a a graph, quantity of stuff that party A has vertically, quantity of stuff that B has horizontally. There's a constraint. There's one unit of stuff. And so the trade-off curve here is a straight line. And changes are on that line, and goals are opposed. Zero-sum game. In fact, resources increase over time. But the notion of increasing by a moderate number of percent per year is what people have in mind. And a time horizon in which you have a 50% increase is considered very large. But even a 50% increase, shown here, is uh, something that, okay, the gray somewhat shows in this, this display. So here we have current holdings. This is B taking all the gains, equal share, which is where I started arbitrarily here. Here, B is taking away from A, A is actually worse off, and B is taking 90% of the total. So those are some illustrative possible steps during a 50% expansion in resources. But uh, ordinarily, when we're thinking about utility, we don't regard utility as linear in resources, but as something more like the logarithm of resources. Common mathematical model, we'll adopt that for illustrative purposes here. If we plot the same curves on a log scale, the lines become curved. So there's the same, the same unit constraint. And here's the 50% expansion. Qualitatively, looks rather similar. All the, all the topological relationships are the same. It's just replotting the same lines on a log scale. But on a log scale, we can now represent large expansions and have the, the geometry reflect utility in a direct visual sense. So here's the same diagram, current holdings and 50% expansion. Here's what a 1,000-fold expansion looks like. Taking all the gains and taking 90% of the total have now switched position. 
someone could actually take a larger share of resources and everyone is still way ahead. What matters is that there be some reasonable division of gains. That's a, a different situation. And key point here is that that is small. The difference between taking everything and having a reasonable share is not a very large difference in utility. Very different situation from standard zero-sum game over resources. Again, the reason for this is that we're looking forward to a decision time horizon that spans this large change, which is historically not what we have seen. So let's consider the case where one, some party tries to take everything or tries to take 90% or like that. How far do you get? Well, greed brings risk. This is going to create conflict that is not created by attempting to do that. So the argument here is that not only is there a small increment of gain if you succeed, but allowing for risk, the, the, the gains from attempting to grab everything are negative. Risk-adjusted utility is bad. And your optimum is, in fact, to aim for some outcome that uh, looks at least reasonably fair to, to all the other parties who are in this, in this game, in this process of mutually adjusting policies. And so this region, labeled Paretotopia, this is a, a region of outcomes, now just looking at resources, there are a lot, many other considerations, uh, in which uh, all parties see very large gains. So that's a different kind of future to aim at. It's a strongly goal-aligning future if one can make various other considerations work. The uh, problem is, of course, that this is not inside the window of discussion that one can have in the, in the serious world today. The, well, first, about what, what one can do with uh, uh, resources plus uh, strong AI. You can eliminate poverty while preserving relative wealth. Relative wealth. Uh, the billionaires remain on top. They build starships. Uh, poor in rural Africa remain on the bottom. They only have orbital spacecraft. And I'm, I'm serious about that if you have good productive capability. Uh, it can expand total wealth while rolling back environmental harms. That's something one can work through, just sort of looking at the engineering and uh, capability, what one can do with expanded productive capabilities. More challenging are preserving relative status positions while mitigating oppression. Why do we object to others having a whole lot of resources and security? Because those tend to be used at our expense. One can describe situations in which oppression is, is mitigated and a stable way. Uh, structured transparency is a concept I will not delve into here, uh, but is related to being able to have in inherently defensive systems that circumvent the security dilemma. Security dilemma being, being, I'm developing military systems purely defensively. Oh, but they have multiple uses. They look dangerous to you. So you develop military systems defensively, quote unquote, but those look dangerous to me, and so you have an arms race. It's a so-called security dilemma. If one were able to build truly effective, genuinely defensive systems, it would provide an exit door from that arms race process. Again, these opportunities are outside the Overton window of current policy discourse. So where are we today? Now, technological perceptions. On the left, we have credible technologies. On the right, realistic technologies, given what engineering and physics tell us is possible. And the problem is that these are, do not overlap. Credible and realistic are, are disjoint sets. It's a little hard to plan for the future and get people aligned toward the future in that situation. 
So that's a problem. How can one attempt to address it? Well, first we note that at present we have track, what I'll call track one policies, business as usual policies. Uh, <clears throat> what is realistic is not even in the sphere of, of what is discussed. Now, I would argue that we in this community are in a position to discuss realistic possibilities more. Uh, we are, in fact, taking seriously advanced AI. People take seriously the concept of the cosmic endowment. So we're willing to look at this. How do we try to bridge? How can we make progress in bridging between the world of, of what is credible in track one and what's realistic? Well, I think by finding technologies that are plausible, you know, sort of within the Overton window in the sense that uh, discussing contingencies, possible futures like that is considered reasonable, the concepts are, are not exotic. They're simply beyond what we're, what we're familiar with, maybe in directions that people are starting to expect because of AI. And so if this plausible range of technologies corresponds to realistic technologies, the same kinds of opportunities, the same kinds of risks, therefore the same kinds of policies, and also uh, corresponds to what is within the sphere of discourse today, like uh, expanding automation, High, high production, well, that's known to be a problem and an opportunity today, and so on. Then perhaps one can have a discussion that amounts to, let's call it track two, where we have a community that is discussing, exploring potential goals and policies with an eye on what's realistic, explicit discussion of policies that apply both, that are, that are both in the plausible range and the realistic range, having the plausible policies, the plausible pre preconditions be forward in discussion. So now you have some toehold in the world of what the serious people are willing to consider. And increasingly move these kinds of policies, which will tend to be aligned policies that we're exploring, into the range of contingency planning for nations and for institutions, where people say... Well, we're focusing, of course, on the real world and what we expect, but if this crazy stuff happens, who knows? AI, people are thinking AI may be a big deal. You folks are telling us that AI will do, you know, expand resources, will make possible a change in the security environment, and so on. Well, that's nice. You think about that. And if it happens, maybe we'll, maybe we'll take your advice. We'll see. So in this endeavor, one has to work on assumptions and policies that are both plausible and would, if implemented, be broadly attractive. So that's a bunch of intellectual work. And the strategic context is one in which uh, we will go to the next slide and uh, spend a couple moments on this one first. So realistic, superintelligent level AI services, credible, extensive applications of high-end AI. People are talking about that. Physics-limited production, uh, truly science fiction in quality, well, a lot of the same issues arise from strong, scalable automation of the sort that people are already worried about in the context of jobs. Solar system scale energy, 10 to the 26th watts. Well, how about having breaking constraints on terrestrial energy problems by having really inexpensive solar energy? You can expand power output, decrease environmental footprint, and actually do direct carbon capture if you have that amount of energy. Solar system scale resources, kind of off the table, but people are beginning to talk about asteroid mining. Um, resource efficiency, and one can, can argue that resources are not binding on economic growth in the near term, and that's enough to break out of some of the zero-sum mentality. Uh, absolute defensive stability is realistic, but not something one that is credible. 
but moving toward defensive stability is. So, and note, it's okay to be here. You don't necessarily, here in this room, have to take seriously superintelligent level AI services, solar system scale resources, and so on, to be playing the game of working within the range of what is plausible in, a, in the more general community, and working through questions that are of what would constitute Pareto-topian goal-aligning policies in that framework. So the argument is that eventually reality will give a hard shove. Uh, business as usual scenarios, at least the assumptions behind them, will be discredited. And if we've done our work properly, the policies that are based on those assumptions the policies that lead to the idea that maybe we should be fighting over, over resources in the South China Sea just looks absurd because everyone knows that in a future of, 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 of great abundance, that's the wrong, you don't want to have a, have a fight over that because it's fighting over something that's worthless. So if the right intellectual groundwork has been done, then when there's a hard shove from reality that is toward a future that has Paratotopian potential, there will be a coherent policy picture that is coherent across many different institutions with everyone knowing that everyone else knows that it would be good to move in this direction. Draft agreements worked out in track two diplomacy. Uh, scenario planning that suggested it would be really stupid to pursue business as usual in arms races. That kind of work in place that with a hard shove from reality, uh, perhaps uh, in fact we see a shift Track one policies are discredited. The Pareto-topian policies, people are asking, what do we do? What do we do? The world is changing. Well, this looks good. Fight over it, you probably lose. And if you fight over it, you don't get much if you win. So why not, why not uh, uh, go along with, with what has been thought through in some depth and looks attractive? So that is the basic Pareto-topian strategic idea. We look at these, these, these great advances back off to plausible assumptions that can be discussed in that framework, work, work through interactions with many, many different groups, uh, reflecting diverse concerns that in many cases will seem opposed but can be reconciled given greater resources and the ability to, to make agreements that couldn't be made in the absence of, for example, strong AI implementation abilities, and end up in a different world. Now it says robust. Well, robust against what? Uh, all of the capabilities that are not within the range of discussion or that are simply surprising. Uh, compatible. Well, Pareto-topian policies aren't about having one pattern on the world. It really means many different policies that are compatible in the sense that the outcomes are, are stable and attractive. And with that, the task at hand, at least in one of the, one of the many directions that the AA community can push, and a set of considerations that I think are useful background and context for many other EA activities is formulating and pursuing Pareto-topian meta-strategies, the framework for thinking about strategies. That means understanding uh, realistic and credible capabilities and bridging the two, a bunch of work on both understanding what's realistic and what is credible and relationships. Understanding and accommodating diverse concerns one would like to have policies that seem institutionally acceptable to the U.S. military and the Communist Party of China and to billionaires and also make the rural poor well off and so on and have those be compatible goals. And again, really understanding the concerns in the language of these communities. 
their conceptual language and actual literal literal, literal idiom is a, is a key key direction to pursue. And that means deepening and expanding the, the circle of discourse that I'm outlining. And so this is a lot of work, a lot of hard intellectual work and downstream increasing organizational work. I think that pretty much everything one want, might, might want to pursue in the world that is good fits broadly in this framework and per, can perhaps be better oriented with some attention to this meta-strategic framework for thinking about goal alignment. And so thank you.